Hello and welcome to episode 33 of The Worst Critics. I'm Noah Davis. I'm John Pina. And we're here to talk to you about movies, music, TV, and more. Let's get to the news. Uh, John Wick 4 has cast Donnie Yen in an unnamed role or unspecified role. This is obviously a pretty decent thing since Donnie Yen stars in uh, fast-paced action movie franchises. It definitely it seems pretty fit for uh, this movie. Hopefully, I hope he's like the villain, honestly. Just like the big I was, bad. I was going to ask if we knew what he was. He uh, no, unspecified. Like but him versus uh, Keanu Reeves, I'm down, you know? I, I can't I can't tell you the differences or like the big differences in those three John Wick movies. But I like watching him. So, you know, always open to that. Okay, he, He's uh, probably the best actor in that domain, so, you know. Okay, uh, you not sure if you care about this. Uh, you don't, actually. But Why the Last Man, the TV show that is based off the comic book by uh, Brian K. Vaughn, is finally coming out September 13th on Hulu. Now, Ooh. okay, if you knew the past on this, this has been in development forever, for, I don't know, 10 years. That Probably well, usually, for a release. Well, you know, it's just, it's gotten different creatives and different people have canceled. Like, it was going to be a FX show, but I think with the Disney purchase, they switched it over to Hulu to try and bolster that a little bit more. Um, who knows? I'm excited. Uh, Why the Last Man's about there's no men left on Earth, and there's only one guy left. I mean, pretty much, but there's, like, different factions who, you know, have different opinions on things. Uh, yeah, it's just him and, like, his monkey friend, but... um yeah, I'm excited for that, September 13th. And not factions sh- of women, presumably. Right. Correct. Okay. And, okay. Um, Cruella, Cruella, that just came out two weeks ago, I think, mm-hmm. is... I think like last week. Is getting a sequel. Disney cool. has confirmed that they're getting the same writer, director, and Emma Stone back on for the sequel. Uh, I haven't watched the movie, so I'm not even sure if the movie sets up a sequel. I haven't watched it yet, but it looked pretty decent on the trailer. I was kind of excited. It's interesting for the uh, like animation to live action pipeline. It seems like one of the better ones to do it. Like, do we need Jungle Book? Do we need Lion King? Yeah, but those are remakes. You know, this is. I'm saying this has room to be original, so maybe that's the difference. Oh, true. Yeah. True. yeah. Uh, whereas, I mean, like Maleficent, I haven't seen Maleficent, but that's way more interesting than just a rehash of Beauty and the Beast or whatever. Right. But, yeah. Uh, don't know when that's coming out. Disney just confirmed that it is coming out. Okay. Uh, another piece of casting news. Issa Rae, uh, famous for her HBO show Insecure. I think that's what it's called. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. she is going to voice Jessica Drew. Otherwise, which, nice which is what? Excellent, that show. Gotcha. Excellent. Okay, well, she will voice Jessica Drew, which is uh, Spider-Woman's other alias in Spider-Verse 2, the new, you know, animated sequel to Spider-Verse 1. I didn't really know she was going to be in the movie. I didn't know Spider-Woman's going to be in the movie, but uh, that's cool. This Ray's pretty good from what I've seen her. I think I've, I've seen two episodes of that Insecurity show, or Insecure. I... I'm hung up. You said Jessica Drew. Is that supposed to be like Nancy Drew? And they no, just did a play on that because she's like no, that's just the like, name. It's like her human version. Like nope. also work for the fucking 
whatever it's Daily Planet or whatever. I, the I think Spider-Man she just has. I, I think she just has the last name Drew. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. it's a pure coincidence. I hope so. I'll be mad. All right. Uh, announcement of a new sequel or spinoff they didn't really confirm it but they said a new master and commander movie is going to come out and they being disney slash 20th century studios bitch on a google search spider woman was identified as human jessica drew combining the first name of wolfman's daughter and the last name of fictional detective nancy drew wow okay wow all right well you got me there i guess you got me there yeah you, you got me there um damn Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know if you ever saw the old Master and Commander movie. It's like a naval, kind of colonial age, a naval battle movie with Russell Crowe and Paul Bettany's <gasps> in it. Oh, I have seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, well, Disney and 20th Century Studios are making a new sequel or spinoff or remake. We're not sure. We just know a new one's coming out. But what's interesting to me about this piece of news is that 20th Century Studios is still making original things. You know, ever since the Disney purchase, I wasn't sure if Fox's production studio was just going to be closed and, you know, melded into Disney's developing apparatus, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but right. this is this is nice that they're actually still holding on to Fox properties, and I hope I mean, are holding on to Fox employees. They still have, like, Kingsman, right, as a franchise? Is that a Fox isn't one? That, isn't that 20th Century? I don't know. It's, it might be. Well, see, well, that, you know, I would just assume they were going to make the sequel or keep making the sequel because they're already so far in. Whereas this is like a brand new thing, which is or a brand new project, which is uh, not comforting, but uh, it's a nice affirmation. Okay, uh, The Quiet Place 2, or Part 2, just came out a couple weeks ago. So I hear that's doing, you know... Not gangbusters, but it's making enough money. And I I guess it's making enough money for Paramount to make a third one, or a part three. This movie will not be directed or written by John Krasinski. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, who knows if it's gonna be, uh, you know, uh, Michael Bay and John Krasinski are still gonna be producers on the movie, like they were the last two. And apparently it's based on an idea that Krasinski had. But he's not at the helm. Which is... I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know if the Quiet Place world has anything other than, you know, Krasinski being the main mind behind it. I don't know if it can stand up on its own two or two legs or whatever. Uh, not, you know, maybe... A, I, I couldn't imagine a part four and a part five. I could be wrong. Right. I, I guess I'll have to see what the second one actually has because I obviously haven't watched it yet to know for sure how I feel about Because obviously Krasinski did wonderful things for the first one because it's his whole thing. But... I'm curious if the second one, does he start to, you know, peter out a little bit on it? Does it feel like he's developed it enough that it is its own thing they could do without him? I don't know. Yeah, uh, you know, I guess once we both see the second one, I guess we can uh, talk a little more about it and, you know, have a little knowledge to the discussion. But uh, on to some more HBO Max news. They have announced yeah, that... names, by the way. This is official. Uh, we're switching our name to the HBO Max podcast. Uh Certified TM, so uh, HBO Max, ten thousand dollars, please. Thank you. Yeah, uh, you, you guys are literally looking for original podcasting, so here you go. You can put us on the app, and no one will watch it. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great, HBO Max. <laughs> All right. Well, 
back to the actual piece of news. Uh, we talked about a Blue Beetle movie that was mm-hmm. in development a couple weeks ago. You know, the DC yeah. superhero. Uh, apparently, it is going to be an HBO Max streaming original. I think at the time we talked about it, it was looking more like a cinematic release. But that is not the case. I mean, it, it's not surprising. This isn't surprising. I think the new Green Lantern show is going to be HBO Max. You know, I, I believe they're pivoting hard towards HBO Max. Whereas, For sure. Whereas properties like Batman will probably always stay in the cinemas or still come out in movie theaters. But yeah, it's an interesting update. And another piece of DC news, the DC League of Super Pets movie that we talked about on last week's episode where we said uh, Dwayne Johnson was cast, cast as Crypto the Superdog. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, Dwayne Johnson's favorite co-star, Kevin Hart, has been cast as Ace... He's going to print so much money, bro. Has been cast as Ace the Bat Hound. Uh, this cast also features Kate McKinnon, John Krasinski, Vanessa Bayer, Natasha Leone, Diego Luna, and Keanu Reeves, who all those people play... There's not that much information. I'm sure we'll learn in the coming weeks or months once they start pumping out the PR and all the marketing for this. But I do agree. This is going to make a lot of money for them. I mean, you got a zillion dollars. You got Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart. And then you probably have some cutesy animation that looks like the uh, Scoob. Secret Life of Pets. Right. Secret Life of Pets. But now they have superpowers. (laughs) <laughs> whole other story it's probably gonna be exactly like secret life of pets isn't it yeah and like, the justice league the justice league is like kidnapped or something so you know the pets have to come in you know super paw patrol style and that made that made like a billion dollars so made a lot of I money no doubt that's a... they made so much money they made a sequel almost immediately and like for animation that's kind of weird i think they like within a year and a half they had a sequel out it was kind of kind of crazy uh you know, that's actually the only two HBO Max piece of news, so uh-huh, changing it up a bit, you know? <laughs> Spicy. But we'll move on to the next bit, which is Stephen King's Christine novel is going to be rebooted in movie format from director Brian Fuller, who actually isn't a director. Uh, he's a producer and showrunner. He made... I think he helped make the new Star Trek show... Uh, he produced Pushing Daisies. He's He's been around the TV sphere a while, but I don't know if he's actually written or produced a movie. Uh, anyways, he is making his directorial debut. This is going to be produced by Sony and Bloomhouse. Yada, yada, yada. They make horror movies. It's going to make money. Angel Stephen suspects. King. Yeah, you get it. All right. A little... I'm not sure if this is even horror related, but uh, that's the best transition you're going to get. Rob Zombie's... Next movie is going to be a Munsters reboot. I don't know. I don't know, man. Like, uh, Rob... I don't even know what Munsters is. What is that? It's like it's the old TV show, black and white TV show, where uh, it's like the Adams Family, but mm. different. You, cool. You'll look it up. You'll see pictures, and you're like, "This isn't the Adams Family," and then you'll realize, "Oh yeah, I think I've seen this before." Um, I don't know who this is for. I think the Munsters is. Um, not exactly the most poppin' property lately, and Rob Zombie's not the most credible director. Not my favorite director in the world. One of the worst for how popular he is. Yes, I mean, yes, yeah, I th- he's yeah. Not I think literally one of the worst popularity to skill. Yeah, he's up. He's there with like Eli Roth 
but he's definitely Robert Rodriguez, you know, he's definitely there. Um, there's a little more pieces or a little more news or a little more information about this piece of news in that, um, his wife, Sherry moon zombie, who's in every single movie is also going to star in this. And it's like, come on, dog. <laughs> like, you don't have to cast her in every single movie you make. You do, though. You kind of do. I mean, I know, I know they're married. I know they're married, but that doesn't make it so that I want to see it every time. It's not like it's not like Tim Burton and Helena Bonham Carter, you know? Like, she's an amazing actress, so I don't care if she's in a ton of movies. Right, in a bunch of them. That but uh, Sherry Moon's not my favorite. Not my favorite. I... I, I just don't know what to make of something like that. I, I do know Rob Zombie's a huge Monsters fan, and he's talked about it in interviews before, and, like, he'll have, I think it was MTV Cribs. He has literally, like, a Monsters wall of just, like, Monsters collectible shit, you know, all that. So, uh, I, I guess it's in good hands. Okay, uh, you know, we have quite a bit of Netflix news. Last bits. Netflix sponsor us. Yeah, Netflix. Hey, Netflix podcast gonna come to Netflix, you know, next month or this year. All right, uh, I you know I just want to word for word reread this headline for everybody. Uh, Barack and Michelle Obama's "We the People" will hit Netflix on July fourth. The ten part musical series will remix "Civics" for a new generation. Now this is uh, fucking. I'm just a bill on Capitol Hill, but. Yes. Modernized? I assume so. I was going to say, I don't have a problem. Like, whatever. The Obamas want to produce things on Netflix. They have a deal for, like, $500 million. I get that. That's totally cool. But a new Schoolhouse Rock, I assume? That's crazy to me. Schoolhouse Rock, I I don't know if I learned anything from that. Other than, like, the actual just, like, little character things. You know, like, the bill. I don't really learn how a bill was made. I just remember, you know, the piece of paper slumping over on the stairs. I don't, I don't, I don't really see the point in these things. I mean, maybe they help some people out and maybe some people learn more with music. I think it's a, like, upper middle class, upper class excuse to say that they're doing educational efforts while making a bunch of money off of the back of those efforts without producing any real tangible results, because I completely agree with you. I know a bunch of people who probably couldn't tell you what the fucking preamble of the Constitution contains, let alone what those fucking Ten Amendments specifically state or provide their privileges for. So yeah, for sure. Uh, they're cool, they're fun, they're an easy excuse for your teacher to not teach you anything, but... Yeah, that's what I foresee. This is just going to be played in classrooms for the next yeah. ten years or so. It, it is... Uh, objectively a worse version of like doing the elf during christmas time thing excuse for teaching because holidays are coming up and you already took your exam so let's just watch a movie uh it's the same thing except this time they think that they're teaching you something so they're taking actual class time and turning it into nothing i'm pretty excited for the obamas on this one it seems dumb (laughs) it's genius (laughs) okay have you seen the trailer for it at all no i have not i really haven't uh i'll probably watch it after this episode but uh, yeah yeah please do okay some more netflix thing you know what actually let me do a better transition than that speaking of dumb ideas uh netflix has officially cornered a market and i don't know how you define that market but it's 
comprised of Adam Sandler, the Wayans brothers. Uh, I mean, those are the main two, but now they're adding Tyler Perry to this same uh, circle. So it's, it's like it's multi hyphenates that make, while not critically acclaimed content, very uh broad reaching and hitting a wide audience very popular uh, i mean very popular yeah. like like they've, they've cornered this weird comedy market and i don't know how they did it but it seems to be working out for them but let me uh, explain that tyler perry thing a little more uh tyler perry will write direct and star in a 12th medea film uh called Even that it's <laughs> okay. okay what what, what? No, 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 no. <laughs> i thought it was dead i thought it was dead oh oh yeah no i'll, I'll keep reading um so <sighs> tyler perry actually retired the medea character in 2020 with a farewell tour and then retired the movie slash fictional form in a movie called a medea family funeral but i guess money speaks a lot a lot louder than like integrity or retired turns out medea Medea had a twin all along, <laughs> so, <laughs> even though Medea's dead. Uh, yeah, Medea, I, I think it's Medea, but I don't think any. Yeah, I don't think any movie should have twelve. Or sorry, I don't think any movie series should have twelve entries within. No. Uh, so to me, this is just like a super obvious cash grab. Even since he retired the character, like that's blowing yeah, it's my mind. Like literally been done. <laughs> yeah, just done, and he's like, you know what? I'll make another one have you for seen, that. Paycheck. Have you seen a Medea movie all the way through? One. But Which was, one? Uh, I can tell you, it was probably like the fourth or fifth one. <laughs> Medea goes to jail. I think excellent. so. I think it was the jail one. I it, swear. it is excellent. <laughs> well, it's actually super funny. <laughs> well, you know what? You'll get to see another one on Netflix. Uh, they didn't have a release date, but uh, they confirmed it's coming. I I assume it's coming out soon. Like. Knowing Netflix and knowing Tyler Perry, I feel like he can produce things. Just He's got his own production company. I think he knows how to do things. I feel like this is going to come out this year. And they're just like, oh, you know, we've been working on it, but I assume. Okay, another... You know what? I actually don't know if this is a comedy, so transition kind of doesn't work. Another piece of Netflix news. Mike Myers will apparently play seven characters in an original series that he created, wrote... And I think he directed some episodes called The Pentaveret. Uh, it will be a limited series about a secret society who has been working to influence the world and its events since 1347. Ken Jung and Keegan-Michael Key will co-star. I don't know if this is a comedy, but with those three stars... Significant, that's like a really specific year. Is that like Bubonic Plague or something? Like what I is assume, 1347? Yeah, I, I, I would just assume it's some very inside reference and they'll make a joke about it within the series or something. You know. Right. That's how that works. I know. It just seems like to pick an arbitrary date like that in the 1300s that, like, for sure no one could tell you a year. You know what I mean? Like, well, actually, 1347 was an important date in the Meyer verse. Uh, the Myers verse. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I need to ask that name. And so I know we were talking about it a little bit before the podcast, but do you want to mention what the fuck even that shit? Go for it. So uh, I had only just heard about this today, obviously, but um, upon looking it up, there's a 1993 movie called um, I'm Mar- I Married an Axe Murderer or I'm Married to an Axe Murderer, something like that, um, that he starred as the lead character, um, presumably the Axe Murderer, question mark. I don't know if it's the wife or him, but he also plays two characters in that film, um, a son, the main character, and a father, the main character's father. 
Uh, and I guess there's like a really famous scene where he talks to like as the dad talks to the kids um like you know the son and one of his friends or something and mentions the five like most powerful families in the world have been controlling everything and um i forget the exact quote but he literally just names four families and colonel sanders but then refers to colonel sanders as having gone tits up so <laughs> i don't know and so i guess mike myers just based a whole fucking tv show about that line that he wants Wow. I, okay. I, hold on. Hold on. You know, before when you said that, yeah, I got the information. I didn't really process it, but now I can see it. I can see the care, like the Pentavera, I assume is the five families, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. See now that's clicking a little so more. Now, so now I'm confused. I assume he's, why he's playing, playing seven characters. Well, he's probably playing two other characters, you know, who help out the Pentaverate. Right, like like one in each family of the Pentaverate, and then one like super villain or super good, like FBI agent. Like, are is the I'm just I'm curious is the premise that like all these people are going to somehow be related, and that's why he's playing all of them, or is it going to be like, you know, fat bastard Doctor Evil and that, okay, you know, I... Austin Powers, where he's like really playing different characters, and they're not supposed to like look or sound similar. I assume that's it. I feel like it's going to be a member from each family. You know, I mean, just like from a story point of view or whatever, I, I think that would be better. But what I'm really loving is this mental image I have in my head where they're at like a conference room and just a big round table and they're really debating things like, awesome like, yeah, like COVID, but it just pans to another Michael Myers, pans to another Michael Myers, pans to another Mike Myers. Pains the, like, right. like the uh like li like literally those scenes in the conference with Doctor Evil when like Seth yeah, Green would be seven. there and number two would be there. Well, no, I'm I'm just saying that same concept, yes. but now it's all Mike Myers. All Mike Myers. It's like the uh, the fake movie trailers in Tropic Thunder, Jack Black's movies, right? Where he's <laughs> yeah, playing yeah. the whole the family, Mick Forties or whatever <laughs> the. That's that's exactly what I'm picturing, and I really hope it's a comedy. You know, I'll still watch it if it's not, but. I, I really do hope so. And the last bit of news, this is a good one, I think. So last week we talked about Netflix canceling their original Mark Millerverse series, Jupiter's Legacy. Mm -hmm. Well, some more information has come out that has revealed the budget for season one was $200 million. You know, I think that answers all of our questions last week. I, I really think that answers all of them really well. Um, that had to do absolute gangbusters for them to even consider not canceling it, right? I, I feel like that should that would have to be number one on the top ten for weeks and weeks and weeks for them to, you know, think two hundred million was worth it. It's insane. Yeah, so, like, comparison for a similar, what you would assume, similar budget, cast, etc., you know, cost to the studio. The Boys was, like, $10 million an episode when it came out. And again, that's, like, you know, 100 mil for 10 episodes. Still, though, 100 mil for 10 episodes is that's, a lot That's better. half the cost, and it's arguably, like, the most successful show that Amazon ever has done to this point. So... Yeah, so I guess it turns yeah. out big budgets don't always help superhero things. So I, I would just assume Netflix would have learned from DC, like not to throw all your money into just one big one, you know? Like, 
lay some groundwork first, you know, do like a mini series that sets up for this 200 million endeavor. Don't just throw that amount of money at it. Uh, it's insane to me. So there are only eight episodes in this show. So what? 16 million an episode. I don't know. Quick math. Uh, yeah, that's, that's crazy. That's, that's just crazy. Netflix. You're, uh, I think you're a little too cocky with this one. 25, 25 million? Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. I just I just know Netflix uh, should have done the math better than I just did. Okay, that's all okay, I have. for sure. Yeah, and I don't know that they did at all. <laughs> they did not. They did. And, like, it's not even a big, like, top-build cast, you know? You, I've, I've seen the cast. I've seen the pictures. <laughs> Timothy Olyphant's you know the only guy. Here's a hilarious thing, and you'll have to take inflation to an account, okay? But I Googled Medea Goes to Jail when I was talking about it for a second. <laughs> okay, yeah. That movie cost seventeen million to make, and let me just read you some of the names that are in it, uh, because it's a huge fucking mega list. Um, obviously, it's Tyler Perry, um, and again, I'm assuming that most of these people are just like one-off things. But Steve Harvey's in it, Doctor Phil's in it, Whoopi Goldberg's in it, Al Sharpton's in it, J. Anthony Brown's in it, um, and then they just have like, you know, the regular actors and actresses throughout. The franchise and then just new people in general but i'm like oh viola davis is in it oh shit and i'm like <laughs> that's actually a name right there <laughs> yeah and i'm like that movie cost 17 million your one episode of a shit tv show cost 25 yeah like even if we say the inflation from 2009 to now made movies cost about eight million dollars more on average they would cost the exact same and medea goes to jail made about $90 million on the $17 million budget, which is very, very good. I just don't see how this was going to work out for them. I, I don't know. Even if people liked the show, is that enough for people to watch it that much? It, it's not like, yeah, it's not like the Avengers, you know, where they have just a ton of fan base and a ton of groundwork. It, it's just not like that. Um, and yet they just went all in on this. It's a, I had Not to make that clue. had to make that the last piece of news. Uh, if you want to move on to album releases for the week, yep, uh, we'll start with a random rock band that's trying to come back into popularity that absolutely no one has given a fuck about that's, in forever. Yes, Weezer, right? Uh, no, <laughs> 1991's hit favorite uh, AFI. You might recall from playing some of their songs on Guitar Hero. Um, and that's probably all you know them from. Uh, if I had to take a random guess in the, like a shot in the dark kind of thing, but could you name me pretty a song? popular for a bit? Uh, off the top of my head, I can't remember, but I know for sure um, that they if did I have heard a it... song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like one of the popular ones from one of the old guitar heroes for sure. Like that's how I discovered the band. Okay. Um, Miss Murder. Hey, Miss Murder. Uh... No, totally. no idea. Yeah, no idea. Yeah, <laughs> I love it mm -hmm. though. It's Miss Murder. It's pretty good. Um, AFI. So yeah, they're releasing an album for God knows what fucking reason. 30 years later. What's it called? 30 years later. It's called Bodies. Um, which, just awesome name. Sick. Very edgy. It's not the worst um, name in the world. Yeah, for a band that's 30 years old, that's making, like, pop punk. Yeah, it's like, it's like very grungy pop punk. You know, it's like very edgy spike hair blacked out like mm. trying to look punk but Garage. very much making pop music yeah 
garage pop uh, is that a new new term Just garage plain? pop we'll go for it we'll go for it um so yeah that's coming out um and as far as like popular things that people actually care about um a bunch of rap um but we'll keep going with rock for a minute um we got king gizzard and the lizard wizard um pretty popular like psychedelic rock but they've done everything from like heavy metal to fucking pop punk to again psychedelic weird like uh, Grateful Dead kind of shit, um, and they're like super prolific. I had no idea they only were found like, like oh, eleven years ago, and they have eighteen studio albums. So this will be number nineteen, I think. They're they're the um, next Primus, dude. Yeah, <laughs> it's called the Butterfly Three Thousand. Um, okay, so that's a pretty sweet interesting. name. <laughs> yeah, it, at the very at least should be interesting because they're pretty they're pretty pretty cool characters. Uh, Australian band, way better um, than bodies. Last, we have a piece of pop before we get into the rap stuff. Um, Maroon 5. New album. Uh, Adam Levine and the boys, uh, none of which I know their names. Uh, It's called Ancient Dreams in a Modern Land. Or no, no, it's not. It's not called that at all. It's called Jordy. Sorry, I was looking at the wrong album. That's called Jordy. And, you know, I'm sure everyone's super excited when uh old artists are or sorry deceased artists are used posthumously on oh, another yeah. artist's record uh oh, we saw that it. even on the dmx thing which was kind of weird but uh juice world's on it nipsey hustle's on it um and then you juice know, world's on day. it when the like... yeah yeah like how long has this been in the vault i don't know when did don't that know. happen guys <laughs> um how long does it take I'm you sure... guys to make that kind of music? That's a real question. No cap. I'm I'm curious if like they just got people who were like tangentially related and then they were like, Oh yeah, we got this old Juice World file, like you want to throw it on this song. Jesus. Um, and then yeah, they got modern day favorites like uh Stevie Nicks. Wow. I mean, hey, she got that TikTok fame now. Yeah, and also uh Megan the Stallion and her and again, some some interesting things, but I'm like this is a fucking Maroon 5 out. Like, what is this supposed to be? This is, like, very much pop to its core. And then it has literally every kind of artist on it. It's just really strange. Um, so, yeah, they got that going for them. Uh, so, now to the rap. So, Migos, Culture 3. The no way. highly anticipated. No way. Yes. Yes, sir. That's actually Coming pretty out. hype. Uh, culture yeah, 2. Yeah, it's really hot. Culture 2 is no Culture 1. But... Culture One is still a banger to this day. Like one of the best, one of the best trap albums. And it's not even like hard trap. Yeah, you know, no, no, no. Hard no. trap like, sound, but yeah, it's one of the best trap albums. Yeah, for sure. And oh, I'm kind of hype about it. Yeah, it's uh, half again, as good as Culture One. It's got features, but uh, it's not overly saturated with features, and it doesn't have like a "We Got Twenty Dudes on This Project" song, which is good. Um, but it's got Young Boy Never Broke Again, Pop Smoke, Juice World, Justin Bieber, Future, Drake, Cardi B, Polo G. Um, it is a bit long. It's like 20 songs, but uh, I'm really hyped. I'm going to listen to the shit out of this probably. Um, and it's got producers from all over the place. It's got Murder Beats, um, fucking Wheezy with the H, if you know him, Zaytoven. Um, I know Zaytoven. Zaytoven of, on the beat. Yeah, a bunch of lesser known people that I don't particularly know, but. I can imagine it's going to be hot as shit and probably the summer project for now, up to this point. Have you seen the Zaytoven memes? 
before. Which one? It'll, it'll show a picture of Beethoven and then a picture of Zaytoven, <laughs> and it'll say like yeah, who's yeah. better or not. It'll be like Beethoven mm-hmm. dead, Zaytoven alive. Checkmate. Um, and then final piece of news. Um, probably less hype than Culture Three, and unfortunate for him that it's coming out the same day, especially when he's a feature on Culture Three. But um, Polo G's Hall of Fame third studio album uh, oh. comes out. And again, it's about 20 songs. It's got a bunch of big features. It's got Wayne. It's got that fucking, he is some kid, but his name is the kid, uh, Lowry or Laori or some shit like that. On the uh, same G-O-Bo day? the baby. Yeah, same day. Tonight, tomorrow, or I guess, whatever. Today's Wednesday. That's so really Thursday weird. Night, Friday morning. Um, but yeah, fucking Pop Smoke, Roddy Rich, Nicki Minaj. Um, this one's probably a little oversaturated with feature, like more than every other song has a feature. So we'll... We'll so, see what happens. So but. strange to me. I feel like if you're a hip hop artist, the last thing you want to do is put put out an album that Migos, or sorry, put out an album the same day that same Migos are putting Migos. out. Putting out Culture Three, not just like yeah, hey, a and, new album. Yeah, Culture Three, and you're also on Culture Three. Like it seems like a very bizarre choice, and I don't know. So Migos is signed to. Let me look here. Capital and Motown. And I don't know that Polo G has a label. Oh, he's signed to Columbia. Okay. okay. Well, then so, maybe it's just the studios. Yeah. yeah okay. Just yeah, just just separate studios. Just trying to be competitive. Because I'm like, it just Bad seems call, a little. Columbia. Yeah. Because oh, yeah, even if even if Polo G gets hype from the Migos feature, it's not going to pour over fast enough to be a day one thing. You know, people right. are going like, to listen to it. I guess is one song off this project off the Polo G one's going to go like hard and probably chart pretty high, but it's still going to be diminished by how many songs off of culture three are going to get really popular. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I will, but just, we'll have to wait and see which one does better, but it's a pretty good week for rap. Thank God. Fucking interesting week for music. Um, cause it's been a little bit harsh as a boy. Yeah. Um, and next week, unfortunately it's back to some garbage bullshit, but such is life. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all the music. All right, on to the highlights. Oh, I, actually, oh, sorry, sorry, oh. real quick. I did I did forget. There is one, uh, I usually have like a meme one or a stupid one. Uh, Travis Barker and Kenny Hoopla. You uh, have to. <laughs> putting together the Survivor's Guilt mixtape, uh, which also drops this week. So you have that to look forward to. If uh... <laughs> I don't need that. We can go to the highlights of the week. <laughs> What'd you what'd you do this week? What'd you uh, watch or listen to? You know, I wish I could say a lot. Um, I'll just start with what I listened to because uh, most of the TV stuff was just catching up. But um, John Mayer had that Last Train Home thing. Um, I Jesus. think we kind of talked about it a little bit briefly, but I guess there's a thing where singer songwritery pop artists want to remake a bunch of oldies. Uh, cool i guess uh it kind of sucked for me i didn't really care about it at all um roddy rich had a new single that was pretty good uh forget what it's called late at night i think um you know can't complain roddy rich i like him uh and then i listened to that voice of the heroes project with little baby little dirk yeah i tried to. uh yeah no i listened to the whole thing there wasn't a song i liked so i really don't even want to talk about it i just I'm hype that this project that was, I knew was going to be overhyped came out and was shit because it means that 
the Migos one has to do well. <laughs> right? Like, they can't all be trash. Like, highly anticipated things can't all be trash, right? I don't like, know. That's not I don't know. We're pretty good about hating things, I think. So, <laughs> give it give it two days. <clears throat> but yeah, then um, I just kind of had a couple more singles, random shit. Um, Meek Mill, uh, I think even just yesterday, maybe, or came out with a flamers with a Z flow. Um, I think it almost just comes across like he got really bored during quarantine and like freestyled something. Um, Cause it's literally Isn't like a minute, a lot of 30 seconds mill? long. Isn't no, no, no. But it's like, it's mill? not a song. It's not a song. It's like oh. one long verse and then it ends. Oh. Um, so it truly, it's almost like, like a Millie kind of thing where he just goes and then it just is done. It's not like a song. Um, uh, but it's pretty good. It's actually kind of like he's got some, he's got some bars. Um, but again, it's a little short and it's not really a song. It's literally like a minute and a half long. So, um, and then yeah, everything everything had a single that dropped. Uh, I hated that. I hated that. It one. was awful. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I I I love how uh, one of the things I really love about everything everything is when their singer gives that full falsetto, whatever falsetto, amazing mm-hmm. high pitchness. Love it. And then that song, they literally like tuned it down, and he was also trying not to be, so it was almost grovelly or like you know just a, a rough sound. And then they had like some filter on top of it. No, and they, then they, like, it was like modern do, rock. <laughs> they tried to do some like vinyl filter thing. I don't even know if you heard it, but it's like it's like staticky in the background, oh. like a vinyl is, you know, like yeah. a little scratchy sound. And I'm like, what are you all doing? Like, what happened? Well, How do you have I, one of the best songs of all time? And that in I, your repertoire. I do think it was like a collaboration song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even but, know who Game 4 is. Yeah, but, but at the same time. I don't time, care either. Mm-hmm. Bad. <laughs> That's not an excuse. <laughs> not an excuse. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much all I listen to. Um, but as far as watching, um, I finally caught up on a million little things, which I hadn't caught up on. Um, and I watched a new episode of This Is Us. Uh, both are just really fucking good. Uh, and so I've heard a million little things continues to do that thing that it does, where it's like it's in that same space as This Is Us, which is trying to like pull on your heartstrings every episode. Like everyone constantly talks about how you can just like cry every episode because that's just the kind of point. Um. And a million little things like keeps escalating it. Like traumatic shit happens, and then you're like, "Oh fuck!" And then more traumatic shit happens. You're like, "Jesus!" Like no one's life is like this. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you don't know. Like uh, this girl is sexually assaulted. Okay, fast forward some time, and she's like still coping with it and dealing with it, and like obviously it's like really traumatically affecting her life. And then she finds out like she wasn't the only one by the guy that did it to her and it's kind of like a he said she said thing so she can't like prosecute particularly uh and then it turns out like there was another person and that girl killed herself and you're just like jesus fucking and like this is like a 16 year old girl like it's like just really or maybe she's like 17 i guess um i think she's about to go to college but the whole thing is like and that's one character out of so, like 30 is this tasteful i don't, I, I don't understand like, well I, I mean i completely gave you no yeah like it didn't feel weird it just felt like jesus fucking christ like every they're character doing it just to bum you out or something yes like, every okay. character's okay. 
story just keeps getting darker. Like, because you're thinking she's going to find hope and some answers because it hasn't only happened to her. And then Not turns in the real world. Dead. And then she goes and talks to her family, and the family's like, no, our daughter's too smart to get sexually assaulted. And you're like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, it's like all, it's all kinds of shit. Uh, but I can't stress enough how good it is. Um, and it's that totally worth watching if, again, you like kind of, you know, in the same vein as like popcorn action movie or show where you can kind of just like mindlessly watch it and eat some popcorn this does not require any deep thought there's no real subliminal messaging everything is very on the nose but it's also done tastefully enough to continue to enjoy it and like maybe not be excited week to week but know that it's something else week to week that is interesting and new and keeps it fresh um so yeah that's pretty much all i watched uh i did watch one movie um it's called ingrid goes out west uh or Ingrid Goes West, maybe. Um, this Aubrey Plaza Elizabeth Olsen movie on Hulu, um, where Aubrey Plaza plays a super crazy bitch, uh, and I like the movie starts out and she like crashes this girl's wedding, like calls her a bitch, spits in her face, and then gets like tackled and called crazy because they're like they don't even know each other. That she's just one of her followers on Instagram. Mm. Okay. Turns out she's crazy and just follows people on social media and becomes like literally obsessed with them, stalker level obsessed. Okay. Does the same thing with Elizabeth Olsen, ends up moving all the way from wherever the bumfuck, like we'll call it Kansas that she lived in to LA and like seeds her way into her life and shit just gets creepy and crazy and weird. And it's like, it's that uncomfortable Aubrey Plaza cringe character where she like has no filter and it's clumsy but not in like uh just like in a very social way and not like in a um what's the fucking word for like it's like a little cutesy girl who is clumsy but there's a term you know what i'm talking about uh, um uh ditzy? she's not that as ditzy know. thank you. i think <laughs> okay. that's exactly yeah she's not like ditzy uh but she's very much like socially clumsy socially awkward uh and so she plays that same kind of character that you probably know very familiarly from like Parts and Rec, right. but she's also completely psychotic and like super obviously obsessive, which is really oh, and Shay Jackson Jr.'s in it, uh fucking Ice Cube's son. Yeah. Uh and he's really good in it. Uh pretty good. Uh, it was like nothing that I expected it to be. It don't, but... don't spoil too much because it sounds like no, no, an no, interesting it's, it's uh... interesting enough. It's an interesting enough premise. And again, everything I told you you see in the first 15 minutes of the movie or less. Um, but yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, and I, I, I kind of came out under the radar. I don't know if it just like went straight to streaming like or something. Hulu it was like 2017. It very well could be. I'm not Or certain. something like that. I, I feel like I, it's in like, it's deep down somewhere in my memories, but I'm not too sure. Is that all you did for the week? Yep. That's it. Okay. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll get to the, I'll do TV first because I didn't watch a ton of TV or a ton of good TV worth sharing, but I did watch Vice's Dark Side of the Ring, which is a mm-hmm. docu series based on the dark side of wrestling slash WWE WCW yada yada. Okay, absolutely fantastic. Like I watched every single episode within a few days just because I, I you, of all three seasons. Oh, the new, the third season just came out. Oh, so, oh okay. 
I just think, the third season. Yeah, I think season one and two are on Hulu, and then season three is on like Vice TV. Um, I don't know how you're supposed to access Vice TV. I I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know. I don't know if you pay for it. I don't know. I don't. I don't really care. But seasons one and two are fantastic. Um, I would just recommend watching the episode based on a wrestler named New Jack. It's the best and just most jaw-dropping docu-series I've ever watched. Like, easily. Without a doubt. Uh, so, what I listened to... Uh, ZZ Gibson has a new single. I'm just going to quit re- talking about the singles and just say it's called Sometimes and you can go listen to it. I listened to that Denzel single from uh, last week where he featured himself, Denzel mm-hmm. Curry, and... That was bad. That was, a, that was a really bad song. I see what he's going for. Uh, maybe that's just not for me. I, I really hope that's not the direction he's fully going into. Uh, this is some speeding bullet to heaven vibes I got from that. And, uh, and let's just hope there's not a speeding bullet to heaven around the corner because that would be a bummer. I, I, I would hate to uh, have Denzel Curry's, I don't know, his status tarnished by a shitty album like that. Uh, then, sure. I, then I listened to a hip hop R and B kind of guy named Melty Cannon. I'd never heard of him before this week. And he had an album called acetate. It's a very chill kind of, I don't know the term for it. Not like dream pop, but like hip hop, like a uh, Toby Lou or Kyle, super duper Kyle. You know, mm-hmm. kind of, yeah, that sound. I, I don't know the specific subgenre of hip hop that's under, but it's definitely of that sound, and it's not bad. It's actually pretty good. Uh, it's called Acetate. I'd, I'd I'd listen to it if you're in that vibe. And then I listened to uh, Toby. He's the rapper I talked about months ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. T-O-B-I. Yeah, yeah. All he, caps and then lowercase i, something like that. Or yeah, two eyes so. maybe. No, it's just I think it's just a lowercase i. Uh, he came out with a single called "Don't Touch." It's pretty good. Uh, I, I just hope it's leading to an album. That's all that I wanted to talk about the single. Uh, but that's pretty sure that's all I really did this week or worth sharing. I mean, I, I think I rewatched some shows. I Oh, I tried getting back into The Simpsons. Season 23, baby. <laughs> if oh, I, yikes. If I watch more than one season a year, I'll finish it sometime. So, like... <laughs> Because eventually it'll end or you'll catch up. Exactly, exactly. So I've got like an eight-year timeline where I'm either going to finish it or catch up to it. But uh, maybe one day. Yeah, it's on, what, 32 or something now? Yeah, 32, and it got renewed for two more. So, woo. I mean, why wasn't it not growing, right? Yeah, you know, got to have that money. Groaning? I think it's graining, actually. It's Hmm. spelt groaning, but I think it's pronounced graining. Um, But that's, that's all I did for the week. Do you want to move on to the reviews? Sure. Uh, preference, do we switch it up again, or do we go back to the usual formula? We can go back to the usual formula. So movie second, is that the yeah, usual yeah, formula, yeah, right? Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, I figured you didn't have much to say about the album. Um, oh. So this is DZ Rascal's Boy in the Corner, which uh, I had not personally ever really heard of, but it was on my list of things I've been told to check out once upon a time ago. Uh, it's 2003, very much if not, like, quintessential, like, epitome 
early grime uh and thus like what's been born now into like very popular transatlantic grime (laughs) it's literally classified as like the third basically the third big grime album period like (laughs) i think there's a couple before him but like this is basically this is pioneering grime for sure yeah because like a dizzy rascal apparently the song Crime, I guess, that came out in 2000 uh, was supposedly, like, uh, he claims, is the first grime song. And so I think this is, like, the first real grime album. It's not. Uh, but, again, I don't know. Yeah, well, I, uh, I just looked it up. He was, like, predated by, like, two albums before him. Oh, but, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, either way, very early on into the scene. Uh, sure. And I personally... I mean, there's a lot of problems on this album, for sure. And it very much has a samey quality to it. But it's not egregious, in my opinion. It does not get offensive with it. And I'll say because I think my problem with, and I think a lot of people's problem with grime in general, kind of just like meta here for a moment, um, it's hard to differentiate accents, especially. Like, you know, you're a deep voiced Englishman and most of me and my friends who consume grime music are white American people. So it's like the nuances and accents kind of just like, that's a British accent. Like I can't be like, Oh, that's a Londoner's accent for sure. Not like, you know, man from Tottenham and Liverpool, you know, whereas we can go like, Oh yeah, that's definitely a Southern accent versus like, Oh, that's New York rap. It sounds like New York rap. Oh, that's fucking West coast. And I think this does a good job of not quite being too samey, at least in terms of the vocals, which I think is like most people's first problem. Um, Now you could be like, I've heard a lot of people that sound like this guy, but you know that this is like one of the first ones. So I, I kind of give him credit in this regard where they just copied his sound and his swag and he definitely like put them on. So I'm like, eh, you know, I'll, I'll let it pass. Um, but he also does a thing that I don't think most grime rappers, at least contemporary grime rappers do, except for like Stormzy, who, again, I give big credit to because he's also made huge commercial success, I think, for the same reason. Um, or he can do like slow songs and he can kind of do like the, it's not quite like mumble rap, but I would say it's almost like no name, like talk rapping thing where you're almost just kind of like saying poetry over a beat. Like he did that like on two different songs. And I also think the production on this um, is pretty at times varied um when it's a grime song you know it's a grime song and the production is what it is (laughs) but when he switches it up um and there's a couple examples uh just off the top like i love you um i think too far and hold your mouth i think all three of those had pretty varied either vocal you know textures or like ways he delivered bars or like literally the production was totally not samey um that being said, there's some problems, and again, it suffers from maybe not being long in terms of like length of each individual song, but it's a little oversaturated with songs that I'm like, did this offer anything unique, or tell me something, or was this just like you wanted another banger on here to spit some bars? Like, eh, yeah, so, cool, to build, to this is in culture on, three. <laughs> <laughs> to build onto your uh, sameness, uh, little complaint, I I do think that's the biggest problem with this album. Is that it's just, there's obviously different songs on here, but if you're just let's just say you're casually listening to it and you know just 
off you know working on something and then you have this secondary i feel like it's so hard to tell some of these songs apart like i went back to the playlist multiple times i'm like oh yeah that's a different song or i i'm not sure why because i actually really enjoy the beats just yeah, they're crazy it, yeah, it's like it's, so 2000s it's insane it's, it's like very, very digital 2000s, but at, yeah yeah digital that's that's a good way to put it but at the same time it just it still slaps man like it, it still definitely slaps and i'm almost the reverse on you i feel like him or his vocals are more samey than like the actual beats uh so it's kind of a reverse of what uh you were saying but at the same time you know um it is cohesive i mean <laughs> i i can't deny that it's very cohesive it's it's got some thought put behind it you can tell from the songs like the uh the actual subjects and what he's rapping about uh, it's very concentrated you know and i i did enjoy some songs i didn't hate any so i i think that's that's my biggest takeaway it's not that i didn't you know, or I didn't love this album, but I didn't hate this album. So, uh, which which songs did you dislike the most? Dislike the only one that I just put right, on like my dislikes skips. was yeah. uh, "Fix Up Look Sharp" because it had that weird uh, uh, what's his name um, Billy Squire, whatever that old rocker had that Billy Squire sample, and I yeah. that was bad. That was bad. He didn't need to that, do that. No, I'm I'm totally with like again it came with an interesting production thing. Like he definitely just like switched up what most people even try to rap over and even what he did within this project. Um, so that was kind of interesting, but it sounded terrible and I hated it. So (laughs) points for trying, but unfortunately you failed still. So it doesn't really matter that you tried. Uh, the other one I didn't really like, and I I just think the guitar was kind of annoying, but it's the just a rascal had a really like super heavy guitar sample and a similar, it was like a rock guitar, just shredding and i'm like this is just weird see i actually kind of like just a rascal i thought it was different yeah. enough it was one of those that stood out i like that i like that hook where it's yeah. you know like 11 homies like it's just a rascal and then it's all like echoing yes. on itself. Yes, that sounds dope but the guitar throughout i was like it just is like grating to me what'd you think of god's um, gift or the god's gift feature on uh hold your mouth oh hold your mouth uh I, because I didn't really love the song, but I love the God's Gift the- feature. I'm not sure if that guy's even around anymore, but I, I really dug what he was uh, what he was doing on that track. Yeah, I, that one. The production was weird, but I did like the rapping. So yeah, I'm, I'm I like it's all my likes, but really, and I think it's just hilarious. And maybe it was just like the novelty early in the album. I liked more than the sameness that I f- end up feeling by the time I was close to being done with it. Um, but on both first and second listen, like. First five songs are probably like my favorite five. Um, yeah. And I don't feel crazy saying that. I don't know the exact order, but I'll tell you the other two songs I like was uh, Jezebel and Do It. Wait, I think Do It was the last song. So I'm actually, see, I, I kind of like near the end of the album. So, I, I like Jezebel a lot. Um, you said Do It. I don't even yeah. really remember Do It. I was literally, I think, the last song. But uh, yeah, I, you know, I. I really like Jezebel's sample or whatever mm-hmm. it was sampling, whatever that beat was is pretty hard. I, I got to say, but I don't know, man, I got, okay. I'll give Dizzy Rascal all the credit he deserves, but when you just 
go back and listen to obviously skepta probably just copied the sound yada yada but this guy might have copied uh some grime rapper named uh kano i think that's what i looked up kano uh-uh. and uh there's one other guy that was apparently before him but um so i don't i don't know how you're supposed to judge who copied who but when you go back and listen to Wait, like what was it Victor Bizzle? No, not it. <laughs> Wiley? Um, yes, it was Wiley. Yeah, yeah. Wiley uh, features on this, on Too Far. Right, right, right. Well, I think Wiley's album came out first, so... Um, yeah, well, whatever. When you go back to these albums, or Skepta's first album, uh, Greatest Hits, still one of the best album names ever, but Skepta's Greatest Hits, it just... I don't know. Like, I, I there's proof that I like some grime, or I can enjoy grime, and I can even enjoy a grime album more than this. So, I'm not the most unbiased opinion, because I'm not the biggest grime guy. I, I'm really not at all. I'm going to have to choose a Stormzy album, one of these, like, I forget which one, but whichever one has Big Michael is, like, an absolute incredible album, and I'm going to have to force you to listen to it. Maybe some, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know if this is that case of whether it's just me not loving grime itself or this album just being okay. It's decent, like you know, it's it's decent. Is this his first album, like his first actual album? I think so. Because I mean, Let if me you put it in that light that this is his first, yeah, this release, is first. Yep. I mean, that does make it better. Like that doesn't make the album better, but it makes the feat more impressive because it's a well put together album. I just don't really care for it. But, uh, Fair enough. More power yeah, to you. Yeah. Uh, you want to give it a score? I had a six five. Six five. Yeah. I probably go. I actually, I think six five. I, I, I could, I could be talked into a seven. So I'll say seven, yeah, and we can, we can average seven. it out. Yeah. Six I mean, and five. Hey, uh, seven's not really that different from a six five. So like, we can give it a seven if you want. Um, how strong would you again, feel? Because <laughs> I just, there were clearly mistakes, but on the whole, it was pretty successful for me. And again, I don't listen to a ton of grime, but of the grime I listen to, this is still different enough from it and very much like successful. Uh, and again, interesting and clearly has like that historic component that you kind of, it's not one of those things like, I don't know. Sometimes you'll go back and you'll listen to like, you know, maybe a hot take coming, but like you'll listen to like an old Jay-Z or Pac oh, song yeah. And unless it's like one of their, you know, huge superstars, then like I would say like Biggie's the exception. Where like I don't think Biggie had a bad song, um, but I mean I'm sure not all of them were great. But you know, like none of them were egregious. And like people talk about like how incredible the fucking Blueprint is, and like it's the best album. I'm like, that shit's got a lot of fucking boring ass songs on it, bro. <laughs> like, like I'm sorry, like it just is. Um, and. In the same vein, though, you like you kind of have to give him props a little bit, but maybe not all the way. And I think this is the opposite. Like this, I think he does deserve credit because this is like to innovate this sound is pretty because like it's a really high concept and like high. Uh, I don't know. Like I can't imagine when people first listened to this in two thousand three, yes. like how they felt. 100%. You know what I mean? Like yes, because that had to have been crazy. <laughs> yeah, if I was you know if I was this age in two thousand three, I bet this would be like nine or 10 out of 10, just because of how unique it sounds compared to like the 2003 sound of music. You know what I'm saying? But nowadays it's kind of weird to kind of do a retrospective like this because it, you know, I, I I think it's like, it's like watching 2001 or, or watching citizen Kane 
<laughs> you know, it's weird to do retrospective when everything else has copied it and made it kind of boring. Right. So right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Six, and five, or seven. Your call. I think. I think. I think seven's fun. All right. All right. Um, make seven. So now we've got 2013 uh, Dennis Villeneuve uh, prisoners. So I had to do it in two chunks uh, just for my schedule. So I got to about like hour and a half, like right as he gets to the guy who fled on foot's house, just like knocks on the door, paused it. Yes. When he opens the door up. Came back. Yeah. And then came back and finished it. Uh, What an interesting concept uh, for a movie, and I, I mean, I think it was pretty entertaining the whole time. I don't ever think that it felt its length, which is good for a two and a half hour movie. Yeah, uh, because... yeah. Surprisingly, didn't feel every minute, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I think the acting was incredible. Uh, but at times, I was just like questioning what the point was, yes. or like would like like characters' motivations. Like, are you really like that crazy right now? Like. This doesn't make it much sense. Um, but I think Jake Gyllenhaal and his character were pretty much perfect uh, throughout. I don't really have any problems with what anything he did or said or way he acted. Uh, I, but... I, I will say that his like weird characterizations or physical, just his characterizations were kind of like on the surface. His name's Detective Loki and he's got runes tattooed on his hands. Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't understand, like the Which, fucking neck tat and stuff. Yeah, I mean, literally, because like, fingers had Nordic runes and stuff. So it's like, <laughs> I, I get that that builds a character and all, but that just seems a little on the nose to me. Not a huge complaint. Not re- not even really a complaint. <laughs> I'm just saying it is right, weird. Right, observation that you yeah. didn't particularly, well, you weren't fond of. Almost too um, obvious. And what a weird use of Viola Davis, question mark? Yeah, like, kind of, uh, I'm sorry, did you say a use of her? Because I, I, <laughs> yeah. didn't, I didn't really get that. Non-use, I guess. Thank and you. I, I mean, she probably wasn't super popular at the time, like, I get it, but... Still. She'd been in movies for at least four years at that point, because goddamn, she was in Medea Goes to Prison. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, I Yeah, I'm, I'm totally agreeing with you. Uh, I'll just go on the acting thing. I think... Hugh Jackman knocked it out of the goddamn park. Like his when American when accent. He sees, when he sees the uh, sock in the like interview room, and he just starts like crying and whimpering, and his like lips quiver and everything, and yep. you know, a couple just like solitary tears poured. Like I was like, Jesus Christ! The the, the hammer interrogation scene. Like mm-hmm. this man can act. Okay, I mean, I'm yeah, sure a million people have literally said this, but. Like, just his emotional depth and on top of sustaining an American accent that well is just ridiculous to me. I I don't know. I don't know how he does it, but uh, it's like he should keep making movies and keep being a professional actor, almost. Yeah, I even thought the uh, crazy Jones lady bitch, uh, Melissa Leo, who... Uh, is that the was... aunt? Yeah, aunt, quote unquote. Uh, who and she won like an Oscar for the fighter. Um, if you recall, her being in that. I remember the um, fighter. <laughs> I don't. Uh, remember, she was, okay. I think, supporting actress. Um, I think she did fine, but I, th- I think she was like maybe mom. I couldn't tell you. I didn't know she was in the fighter. I remember parts of movies that just aren't centered around side characters. I guess. But uh, uh, let's see. She played, yeah, the mother. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 
even oh, I, <laughs> I will say, you know, as A plus and amazing as most of this acting was, I think our boy Terrence Howard, uh, terrible, really not good. Like when he, I'm especially just... when he acted drunk, that was the worst drunk acting of my like in my life I've ever oh, seen. Oh, like at I the think. very beginning, like yeah. when he's like playing the flute yeah, and stuff man. or whatever trumpet, whatever trumpet, instrument yeah. he was playing. That that threw me off so hard just because it's like, oh, this is not a character. This is Terrence Howard getting paid for something. <laughs> like, there's and honestly, I can't see him and not think about all the dumb math shit. So, dude, one times one is obviously two. You just don't understand, okay? That's Howard the Maddox. Yeah, yeah that's it's, sure it's, gonna... dude. It's the Pentaveret trying to keep you down. That's what it is. Exactly. They've convinced you that one times one is one, okay? Terrence Howard sees through through it. He's gonna open your eyes to it. Um, how about Paul Dano? I was like, like when he's just getting the shit beaten out of him. He's I thought, Alex. I thought he like did his job. Yeah, exactly. I was like, I, I was think... not. Overly impressed, but I thought he was fine. I don't think the script or that character allowed him to do anything. I mean, he he definitely sold the part for sure. Uh, So, like, good job, uh, Paul Dano. But that character was just kind of lackluster, kind of boring. It it almost, it was just uh, to serve a purpose almost, you know. I felt like that character wasn't really, uh, it was pivotal to the story, but it was like by design, you know what I'm saying? It's... Mm -hmm. I don't know. He didn't have a lot of room to act, I don't think. He was, he was very constricted by that character's role and position within the plot. And I want to go on to transition to the plot. Oh. So I really, you know, uh, I really appreciate the way they were able to authentically, like, capture the fear of, you know, your little daughter and her friend getting kidnapped. At the beginning, I was like, oh, shit, this is, like, terrible, you know? Like, obviously no. this happens or whatever doesn't have whatever that's just a real life fear that they are you know betting on you having which you probably do if you're a human being you you probably don't want your little kid to be kidnapped and murdered um yeah oh sorry so i wanted to say that it's weird that it did all of that for a mystery air quotes around the word mystery and like tried to tease things that were pretty obvious uh, like I, I, when they do a focus shot in that priest basement with the dude with the fucking chain pendant maze thing around his neck yep. and then don't talk about that even though they did like a kind of pandering like hey look at this thing look they at this literally thing, hey. he literally had a flashlight or a light on him sort of guy yeah. uh and then go probably a whole hour hour 20 minutes without doing it and then the detective's all out of leads and he's mad in his room and he's you gotta get real mopey and sad. You start throwing stuff around, and then you see it in a whole new light. And then the camera fades, and it focuses in on the one shot, the one maze that ties it all back together. And you're like, oh my god, bro, like, this is lazy as fuck. It, it and seemed a it little served, weird. It served no purpose. Yeah, you, well, what did the maze... What was the maze? What yes. was it? Was yes. it that what thing the under maze? their house? Like, did she build, like, a tunnel under that Trans Am, where that hole is? And there's like a weird elaborate tunnel system, and Maybe. the reason that there's no entrance is because it's like three dimensional, so but, it's like a hole okay. in. But no, no, no. But Paul Dano's character says they're in the maze, but she only put the two kids in the hole when the cops came. So well, I know, but remember he, but he, the last time he saw him, she was probably 
had them in the hole in the maze. I don't think there's any evidence to support that. So I'm just. She said when the cops were around, and the cops were around when he was being investigated, and not until then. I guess that's fair. Well, I I still don't know what the maze is. And then he was kidnapped and tortured for a long time. So she he had no idea what the fuck she was doing with him at that point. Or, Or the map in the maze. It's like I feel like. Instead of just imagery being, hey, this guy drew the maze map, and here's the pendant maze, maybe it should have been like an actual map or something. Like, okay, and, and been... do you understand? Do you understand how the creepy dude whose house he broke into with all the kids' clothes and shit, who killed himself? I'm really not sure how he's tied into it exactly. I think he's one of the boys they kidnapped. Oh no! I mean, I get that. I'm saying oh. he knew that they kidnapped you know what i'm saying so she said oh i haven't even thought about him in forever because he got away or whatever right how does he know like i guess he was still talking to alex a little bit okay yeah i mean that's why the snakes were in the box and that he scared of snakes that whole story but they did oh yeah that's weird yeah never mind but, uh, but i'm like he wasn't involved in the kidnapping, actually. Why did he kill himself? See, until you said the snakes thing, I was about to say that, like, maybe he was literally just trying to recreate, and maybe that wasn't them who kidnapped him when he was a kid, and he just, like, latched on to that idea. But at the same time, I now that you said yeah, the snakes thing, snakes. yeah, yeah. Hmm. Huh. <laughs> um... and, like, and, like, how would he know about those two girls getting kidnapped if he wasn't somewhat involved or at least still talked to Alex? And I'm like, if he still talked to Alex and he is involved, then why did she say she didn't think about him again when she had no reason to lie to the dad, Hugh Jackman? Right? Like, she already had a gun at him. She was already, like, jigs up. Like, mm. gotcha, bitch. Yeah, okay. I, I wasn't sure when she said that, but if it's when she had the gun up, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Is it the second time he'd come over to fix yeah, his I, tools? Yeah, I, I don't know. So I, I genuinely don't know what his character did. Like, I just had like a big plot thing where I was like, "Is he just to introduce this maze concept to point us back to the pendant that points us back to the house?" Because if that's the only reason he's here, what that's... a fucking cock and ball torture of a tease to really not even. Yeah, a weird red like, herring. Not even like yeah, the like, obvious classic one. <laughs> no, like it, the, that's the problem. I think is that it didn't even serve a purpose by the end of it. Like it was literally to give you a smoking gun kind of thing, but then it turns out no one was shot, and the gun started a track race. You know, <laughs> and so you're like, oh, okay. cool. Thanks for that. I yeah, guess I, I still can't tell if this movie was a mystery movie. No, I don't, I don't think I, I. I don't understand all the religious stuff. Why was it so religious? It was just like a, I get that she was like God, you know. No, every character. Oh, like, and then she had a battle against God. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and and Hugh Jackman was like praying all the time. Like everyone was up God's butt. Well, and so I, I, I really appreciate religious imagery. Like the, the, you know, that's that's how you make a movie right there. But at the same time, I, I hear your point. It kind of, it's like it set up things. <laughs> but there's just absolutely no payoff in any of these things. Um, whether whether it be him getting actual answers from Paul Damino's character, you didn't really get that. Whether it was, you know, just the successful, like, oh, they figured out the mystery, their genius detectives work, you never really get that. Um, 
I don't know, even like the twists and turns where it it's kind of definitely pointing you in the direction of, hey, the mom's the killer, like 45 yeah. minutes into the movie. Uh, that never, I don't know, she, I don't know, this movie had a lot of weird problems, and it was like, it was just the plot. It's like it's like the script and the writing was fantastic. All the dialogue, all the character interactions were great, and well, all the acting was great, or most so, the acting was great. I'm on the uh, wiki page uh, to go talk about the writing a little bit more specifically, and I usually don't do this level of detail about reading it, but I could not mention this. So apparently, the writer um, had a short story he wrote, which he based the script on, hmm. and the short story. So this is now a script based on a short story based on, you ready? Edgar Allan Poe's Telltale Heart. Okay. That's with the heart beating. Okay. Mm Okay. Mm Okay. So, all that, right? Uh And then it it starts its, you know, Hollywood track once he gets the fucking full script written and he starts to approach the studios and I guess both Christian Bale and Leonardo DiCaprio were supposed to be in this at one point, and then various directors were associated with it. Um, Antoine uh, Fuqua. Or oh, God, Fuqua. that would have been a bad fucking movie. Holy uh, crap. Brian, Brian, Brian Singer was attached to it oh at one point. Oh, my God. Thank God for Dennis Villeneuve. I, Holy shit. You can have made me like, two Hollywood directors. Like, oh, okay, okay. Sorry. Uh, and I'm just like, like, what? How can you... The point of Telltale Heart, right? Like, it's very much like a was that question the, your sanity murder situation. I was say it was more the guilt of the character, whereas this is kind of none of that. Yeah, exactly. Like, are we supposed to be feeling Hugh Jackman's guilt for, like, torturing a person? Because it ended with Hugh, Dash- Hugh Jackman possibly being rescued from a ditch in the ground. Being rescued. Definitely I mean, not possibly. It's definitely possibly. It's not possibly. It definitely happened. Like <laughs> you don't see it, so how's it definitely? Okay, it was as obvious as fuck. Okay, that's why. <laughs> just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, but like even then, everything he did was questionable. You know. But it but was never his. It, guilt. He never. Yeah, he didn't feel like he was questioning it. He never felt like teetering on the edge except for one time when he starts reciting one of the fucking catholic prayers or christian prayers and he's like the uh, shepherd the lord's prayer like shepherds whatever whatever it's called but you know he's like forgive those who trespass he's like i can't fucking forgive people who trespass against me and then he just goes back to torturing and i'm like it just felt like i'm cool with the dude going psycho crazy and remaining psycho crazy and i'm cool with the dude like going a little psycho crazy but then like regretting it and remember he has morals and like teetering this balance of like i really want to save my daughter and like this might really be the only way i'm the only one who like is actually seeing what the fuck's going on and then he just doesn't care and so he's like he's somehow still psycho crazy but they almost like try to make you think that he has some remorse um and the mom was also like one of the worst characters of all time like super tropey boring like i'm just gonna be sad all day and have some benzos in my bed and yep. just chill and cry. And I'm like, maybe, but her character that whole time didn't strike me as the type of person that would have that reaction. Like just from like, Mm-mm. you know, she was clearly like a very observant, um, like knew her husband's like favorite songs that fucking Terrence Howard might be able to play on the trumpet. And like, it seemed like they made her out to be a strong, the strong, independent woman. And then 
and then just super yeah fragile broken like and we don't really need too many women protagonists here so yeah if anything she should have been in on the torture yeah like i could have seen terrence howard's character being her character and like flip right like (laughs) he's in bed all day just eating benzos uh so yeah i was i don't know i mean it was it ended up being a pretty decent movie i don't want to take anything away from my experience of viewing it but also i was just like hmm there was a lot wrong with it and i still couldn't really tell you the point like it was definitely a fun movie to watch and a fun ride and especially if you like you know, violence and a little bit of torture and a little bit of Some thrill. again, a little bit, a little bit of mystery. Like it was trying to be a little bit of like everything in that genre. Um, again, random like mythological, um, cerebral with all the puzzles and mazes, shit. Like you, so many fucking like you didn't know if it was going to go zodiac kind of shit. Like you had no fucking idea or like religious cult thing. There was the fucking the priest. He knocked on the door, called him father. So you knew that they had like some kind of. Uh, knowledge of each other i don't think so Mm, i think so like why would he i'm not saying that they knew each other knew each other i'm saying why make that character a priest why make him oh oh oh, address him as father you know what i mean like the religious undertones of that situation yes yeah just was like again a little weird uh so i was like oh i thought maybe they were going to tie back in like oh priest is like the ringleader or something and that guy was trying to escape like i, I didn't know what they were gonna do so um, i, I, so I think hold on viewing experience, but... i think i can sum this up really well so it seems mm-hmm. that everything in this movie whether it be the shots characters yada yada by you know by way of dennis villeneuve or whoever you know uh had the vision for this all it seems like everything was very purposeful like you know they they knew exactly what they're doing so when it has these little cracks like this weird plot or these weird character developments or this weird maze. Why is a movie that's so purposeful about things, even shots, like even some camera shots, I felt like had reasons to them. It was, they, they set up something, they gave you a sense of something. So when something doesn't do that, like these weird plot lines that we got, this fake mystery that we got, yada, yada, it just, I don't know. It takes away a little bit. I, I I definitely think this uh, movie had room to be a lot better. It it's not a bad movie, not at all. Like it's actually uh, I would say it's a good movie. Like in the grand scheme of all movies, is it the best mystery movie? No. Is it the best thriller? Nah. Like there's a lot of things to say about this movie. Um, it, it's definitely worth the worth the watch. I think. Uh, yeah, I'll, I think this is the most seven seven five movie we've ever watched. Yes, I I'll say seven five. <laughs> I'll say the most seven five movie. Like yeah, this is because, the epitome of seven five. Yeah, because it does a lot, right? Like it goes to oh, yeah. a bunch of places, a lot of characters, but it doesn't do any of those great. It just does them all pretty okay. So it like it has all the things that you want in a really good movie without any of the full delivery that you know elevates even, it to. Even uh, the score, I'd argue, is exactly the same thing. Where it, it, it does its job, okay. It's just not standing out. There's nothing... Yeah, and again, want. sometimes it was a little heavy-handed, like some of the shots and some of the, again, dialogue, etc. So yeah, I think, the, I think 7.5 is completely fair. Yeah, the, the, the only thing I literally can't complain about, other than Terrence Howard, is the acting. Like, I, I yeah. think the acting excelled. Hugh Jackman, Jake Gyllenhaal, they killed it. Absolutely nailed it. Viola uh, Davis, that three seconds she's in the movie. <laughs> but, 
all three scenes. Yeah, all, yeah, all three scenes. She cried once, so she's a, you know, that counts as getting your payment. But um, yeah, seven seven five. This will be. I think this will be the new seven five scale. Like we've got we've got Euro Trip to Prisoners to like her or whatever or Gross Point Blank. Like that, that's that's our scale. This prison is gonna be right in the middle of there. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to say about the movie? I, I don't. Nothing think, comes to mind. Yeah, I don't think I have anything. Any lasting remarks? But um, oh, I will say there was a shot in the middle of the movie. I'm not sure if you noticed because it's maybe three or four seconds. But there's a shot of a tree and their house. And with how purposeful some of these shots were, like I was saying, I was very confused because it's literally just like in the middle of the movie with seemingly no point. It's just a shot with just, you know, not, you know, like panoramic view, just a tree in a house. And I was very confused. I'm not sure if I missed anything. I was wondering if that stood out to you at all or I was just going crazy. I don't even recall that. Okay. Well, you know what? Maybe I was just going crazy. But uh, I, I, I swear there's just there's just a scene where it's just a tree. (laughs) <laughs> on a related note, and we should put it on our list unless you've already watched it, but um, Enemy? No, I haven't, actually. That's another Gyllenhaal, yeah, Villeneuve, yeah. 2013 thriller mystery thing. I think it was uh, actually made, weird. I don't know why I like have this information. I think that was made in like 2010, but didn't come out to like 2013 or something. There's something weird about it. Um, I'm not sure. All right. I'm leaving. Uh, that was... The reviews that was episode 33 of the worst critics we actually won't see you next week uh due to some things some complications you know some life yeah, some, events yeah some crazy stuff that we're working on uh that actually has nothing to do with this at all and you won't even notice crazy stuff you can't even imagine what we've got cooking okay big, big stuff big, big stuff, stuff in the works but we will be back the week after next so that would be next next friday with episode 34 25th 25th of june sure i don't like putting dates because i'm not good with dates so i don't want to i don't want to promise anything (laughs) i mean i looked at the calendar okay 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 yeah uh the 25th of june we'll be back with episode 34 of the worst critics uh we might do a meta cast episode next week for the news or whatnot yada yada we don't have to tell you what we're watching and listening to this week that's all that's important This has been episode 33 of The Worst Critics. I'm Noah Davis. I'm Pina. And we'll see you next week. Be sure to catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. We're out of here.